0: Navy veteran Stephen Leapley is an executive ghostwriter from Southern California specializing in impactful books and articles for executives, entrepreneurs, elite military personnel, and emergency medical professionals. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move.
1: Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe
0: Crane. Take on this holiday season with the help of Navy Federal Credit Union and the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card. Get cheered to last all year. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. All right, here we got uh, Navy veteran Stephen Leapley with, with us today, uh, executive ghostwriter. Stephen, uh, thanks for being here on the show. Looking forward to talking business and entrepreneurship before we get to talking about all that. Take us back, tell us what you did in the Navy.
1: Ah, thanks for having me, Joe. I appreciate it. Uh I was uh Corpsman. I spent ten ten and a half years in, came in uh came in nineteen ninety, got out July seventh of two thousand one. And so uh <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a crazy crazy time, but I, I enjoyed it. I, it's funny. I, I had, um, I had a pretty easy Navy career compared, compared to most, um, most of it was over overseas and, and, um, I spent a little over three years in Guam and oh, wow. which was great. That was, that was my, I was, that was my biggest deployment other than workups and, and such like that. But, um, I, I joined the Navy I, from Chicago originally, and my my favorite thing is I joined the Navy and I saw Great Lakes because I went to boot camp core <laughs> school. And my first duty assignment was, it was Great Lakes. So I was like, <laughs> really? I'm not going anywhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never left home. That's funny.
1: <laughs> Never left over the first couple of years. And then I was like, then I went as far away as I could. So I went to Guam.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was, in, I was only in Guam once for like a day. I was riding a cargo bird back from Okinawa. I think it was and. Guam's like an Americanized Pacific island, I guess is maybe the best way to yeah. describe it. But uh, yeah, so you got out in July of '01, like right before all the fun started. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, you imagine what thing, how things would have been different, if it been a, a year or two later than that.
1: Yeah, and it was interesting too because I came in and we I remember being in boot camp, and um, when the Gulf war started, and oh, yeah. and I remember I remember the the our company commanders came in, drill instructors they came in turn on the TV and it was like a super somber moment. And it was a, it was a shift in training. It was, it went from them being, you know, how true, how good instructors are, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. it went, it went from being, being that to, to really serious training. Um, for me personally, I felt like it was, it was almost a blessing in disguise from where I broke because I was a, I was kind of a, a quiet kid growing up. And so that, re- that really like solidified the military for us because it, it was, it made training serious. It, it didn't, it, it I think the I think the drill instructors, you know, had, you know, a little bit of their fun went out of it, but it was definitely, um, it was for me looking back, I think, I think it was the perfect thing that I needed at that time yeah. in my own life.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, I just came on active duty in the Marine Corps when desert shield desert storm had kicked off and it was like, all right, yeah, here it comes. It's gonna be going for a long, like in a few months. It was just over, done. Yeah, and then, yeah, then the second time around, it was like, yeah, it's just gonna be like desert storm. It's gonna be over in a few months. If you're not there right now, you're gonna miss everything. And on twenty plus years later, it's still going. So, you <laughs> never know. <laughs> well, talk about your uh, transition out of the navy. Did it happen quickly, unexpected, and how prepared were you? And the good to the bad. The it
1: ugly? was so. He, he, this was an interesting thing. So I had, I had orders to, um, so I got out right at 10 and a half years, which was like the Fisher cut bait moment. Right. Yep. And, um, and right before, about a, about a year before that I had orders to, to Okinawa and my wife and I had a th- a three years order three year orders accompanied company orders to go to third to FSSG. And, um, we had, had our first child and my wife had some, some postpartum with that. And at that time, The Okinawa was like we can't take we can't take anybody, you know can't take spouses that have you know medical medical conditions that we that we can't deal with over there. And so, in in perfect military fashion, they went. So since your wife is postpartum um, and you can't go together for three years, we're going to send you unaccompanied for one year. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) (laughs) and so that that stress motivation or that that stressful moment, I went to go way in way in, um, and I was a half a pound over overweight. At that moment, when I when I when I weighed in for my orders, and of course the military was like out of regs, cut you. know they dropped my orders, kept me short, kept me uh, stateside. That was on a Friday. I checked into the Balboa on a Monday, three pounds underweight, <laughs> and uh, it just you know because it uh, was all the stress. And at that at that was the moment I decided to transition out. My transition was. Since I was since I was a corpsman, at that moment we were doing a bunch of transitioning from military EMTs, Corpsman being the EMTs on the ambulances, to the Federal Fire Department kind of taking over that whole that whole structure. And so I just happened to be the EMS director um, at Balboa during that time and, and and dealing with that transition and navigating that transition, I was actually offered a job at the at the county at the county EMS department. For San Diego, and so my transition was actually really easy. I went; it was a no-brainer for me. It was going from a going from an E five to eighty thousand dollars a year. I was like, "Oh, and I and I get to stay home. Yeah, I can do this." And so, yeah, I actually feel like that transition was really easy because I stayed in the same field, was doing a very similar job, and so it was it was very natural for me, and I had a lot of support. in in doing that and I got to still work with the the Navy. And so that was, for me, it was a win-win.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Take on this holiday season with the help of Navy Federal Credit Union. When you use the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card, you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases. You can redeem your rewards as soon as you earn them. And using the Navy Federal mobile app makes redeeming easier than ever. Enjoy the rewards of cash back without any annual fee, balance transfer, or foreign transaction fees. There are no limitations on rewards, and they never expire while your account is open. Learn how you can get cheer to last all year with the Cash Rewards Card at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA. Rates are variable and range between 14.9% and 18% in APR based on credit worthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Messages and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFetter.org for more information. All right, back talking with Navy veteran Stephen Leapley, executive ghostwriter. So, yeah, sometimes those kind of transitions are really pretty rare where you get a job almost in exactly the same field that you're already doing and you don't even have to move and it's a bump yeah. in, and it's a bump in pay. So, you find one of those. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. And then uh, see what you want to do from there on out or you know, or stick with it. So what happened after that? Like uh walk us walk us through you know the next couple of years and, and what you ended up doing.
1: I spent about three years doing doing that. And it's one of those things like in, in a in emergency medicine, kinda of in the military too, we had this this uh, but in emergency medicine there's there's this saying about paramedics, how we walk on water. And um and we and I my ego got to be so big I was I would say things like I, I invent the water I walk on, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know I was I I was on that trajectory of speaking at conferences and creating curriculum and writing books for uh for for medicine, um, and my ego got the best of me on that, and and I wanted to expand out and start my own business, and but I but I was thinking small, thinking big, but acting small in the sense of I wanted to be this this world renowned speaker for, for paramedics and but I was only trying to work in San Diego. And so working at a, a government job you can't work anywhere else because it's all a conflict of interest. And so instead of going out of San Diego, it was just a weird a weird thing for me, um, to stay home. And so I opted to leave that job and that sent me on a twenty year trajectory of everything that ends makes me end up where I'm at with it being a ghostwriter. Yeah. But um but that, that put me in. So I started. I started my own consulting business. I went to work for a private, a private company, private ambulance company here in San Diego, and uh, and that caveat was as long as I don't work within other ambulance companies, they didn't care what I did. And so I did that for. I did that for a little bit. We made a couple of moves, and then I ended up. I had. A, I went through a really bad addiction time in my life, and so that process kind of sucked me out of medicine. It was in a rehab. I had a, I had a nervous breakdown at 33. Cause wow. I was like, bound bound and determined not to have one at 30 because all my friends were having one. they we were like, Oh my gosh, I'm an adult. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so I waited till I was 33.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that pulled me out of medicine I spent seven months in a rehab and then coming out of that, which was, that was 20, that was 2004. So almost uh, 20 years ago now. And so I, I, um, Sorry, I have, we have a farm now too. So I'm hearing my animals in the oh, background. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and so that pulled me out of medicine and I went back into medicine after rehab for about three months and realized I had to do something different uh, because if I, if I stayed back in medicine, I'd end up right back where, kind of where I was when I, when I fell into my addiction. And so transitioned into corporate training from there. And that was, a, that was a, Hilarious time because I was sitting, I was interviewing for a training position for, for a Fortune 50 company, and the interviewer, interviewer who became my boss, she said, "Why are you? Why are you changing careers?" And the first thing that came to my mind was, "I'm not changing careers, I'm changing venues." And she was like, "I don't understand that," and I was like, "Well, as a paramedic, I walk up on a scene, I have 30 seconds to figure out what's going on, you know, if if the person's lying, you know, and and I said, that's kind of like customer service training, And I was like." So the customer walks into into our store. We have about 30 seconds to determine if they're happy, sad, mad, and how we deal with it. And to her, that was a brilliant answer. And so it got me the job. And so I, that <laughs> got me into corporate training for, for a while. And then when the economy crashed, um, I went back and used my GI Bill. My wife and I actually went to school. And, and I, I did an associate, a bachelor's, and a master's degree. Yeah. Um, and then, And then that process... During that process uh, is when I really kind of cut my teeth on 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 copywriting and ghostwriting, and and did a few other few other jobs in there. Worked for as a professional in the Boy Scouts for a little bit, but then ended up going full time copywriting, um, so that my wife and I could transition into into our our current thing, which is in two thousand seven since two thousand seventeen we've been living living full time in an RV, traveled the country. Uh, time and a half and, and just enjoying it. So that gave me the freedom to do what I wanted to as, as, as we were raising a large family too.
0: Yeah. So talk about the, how'd you discover the need for copywriting, ghostwriting, and go all in with that?
1: So I was, my wife and I were, were in, I think it was graduate school and she needed some help. I was, I would always edit her papers for her because I just because I love I love writing and, and had been writing curriculums did some for the Navy did some for for when I was in the in a civilian medical sector and so I was just really good at become really good at editing and, and she, I remember one time she came to me she had a ten page paper due she had four pages written she's like I'm done writing I'm like like how many pages do you have she goes four and I said how many do you need she goes ten I said, well, you need to write a few more and she's like I'm done. She's like, I'm just going to turn it in. I'm like, you can't turn a four page paper in. So that was like, so I ended up writing, you know, five, six more pages for her and editing it. And then I just started doing that. She would, she was, she's very much a, she'll write how she thinks and then she's done. And, and so that's where I really cut my teeth was helping her formulate her papers and being her spouse. You know, I know I knew her very well, obviously. And so, so I would write. Help, help her write that. And that just kind of got me into, I was, I was talking to a buddy of mine and um, and we were getting ready to do this cross-country trip. And he's like, well, you have to fund it. He's like, why don't you become my copywriter? Because I told him the story and did a couple of samples for him. and So that was my first copywriting client um, with, a, with a friend of mine who, who funded, funded our cross-country trip. like yeah. <laughs> what I like to say. And so since then, I just fell into that because it was flexible. We had six kids at the time. And now we have seven, but, um, <laughs> but,
0: and you're but all living in an RV.
1: Well, not anymore. <laughs> we, we did for a short period of time. Okay. We, I've got, I've got, I've got three adults Oh, okay. you know, with that one. So, so I only have four left.
0: Oh yeah. Only four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> only, <laughs> only four. <Holy>
0: cow.
1: <laughs> and, um, and so, and so that, that just gave me the flexibility and the freedom to do what I wanted to. And I, and that just, and I love writing. And so it was, it was, Almost a challenge for me so over the years of having some different jobs and career fields it gave me a wide variety of, of content to pull from and um, did a couple of copywriting courses and I just really fell in love with the ability to write and in my in my own recovery process um was a way for me to to keep my ego in check and it was i I almost started it as a as a as a way to test myself to see if I could write for somebody else and not get the act and not get the accolade for it and be okay with it. You know, cause we live in a society where like it's, 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 you know, a lot of it's just, it's all about me. And, and there's a place for that, obviously. But, um, it was really for, for myself personally, it was really an amazing opportunity for me to, to demonstrate my own personal growth and, and, and the ability to, to, to ensure that my ego that I had was in check. And so I just, with that, that's how I got into it. And that, and i just fell in love with, with being able to help other people. Right.
0: Yeah. And so, and so how long have you been doing this like full time?
1: Uh, full time since 2017.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. So you've, um, you got a decent clientele built up in, in your full time. I I guess your full time executive ghostwriter is a proper title.
1: Yeah. So I this last year I I, I did a transition because I was I had I had at one point I had like four full time copywriting clients, and so and that that almost became overwhelming for me. In that, and so I kind of made this transition to really focus in and hone in on on writing books and and um, and blogs articles. You know some some one off special projects that I have the ability to say yes or no to versus needing to say yes or no to and uh and that that process has been incredible because i I love the book writing process and so I kind of fell into the niche actually of of helping veterans um um turned turn entrepreneurs um into into helping them write their books we all have a, we all have a story and some of them some of them you know, really need to be told. I think everybody's story, you know, should be told. But there, you know, but there are definitely some stories that that probably need to be told. Yeah. From either a, a global perspective, meaning it, this is something that benefits everybody. And the other side of it that i found is, especially in the vet community, is helping people write their books has, has actually helped, one of my clients said, my PTSD went down so much after writing my book more so than any therapy or counseling that I went through. Yeah. Wow. And, and for me, that was like a, that was the switch I made earlier in the year. I was like, wow, if, if that's the case, like why would I not help help more guys do that?
0: Right. And the thing about a lot of people think about writing books to promote your business, whatever it may be. A lot of times people have misconceptions. They're like, well, I got to be, a Stephen King writer and sell millions of books, you know, for it to be a success. But oftentimes the reason you write a book, especially if you're like a solopreneur or whatever, is it, be, it helps you become an expert in that space. It gives you credibility, you know, Oh, it must be, no, somebody's talking about He's got a book, right? And yeah. of course you don't ever have to tell anybody how many books you've sold. <laughs> you just need to <laughs> tell them you have a book, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> especially with the cost of self-publishing makes it affordable and everything. So can you talk a little bit about the, the inner workings or aspects of you know, if somebody's out there, they're looking to, to write a book, to make them a, an expert in that space. What's some of the experiences you've had with that?
1: I think it's great that I think everybody who, who is in business should write a book uh, because you, you're right, you touched you touch on the perfect point. It, it, it brings the credibility and um, when, when somebody takes the time to, to write a book, they're taking their time to put their expertise on paper. And you know, when I, before I got into ghostwriting, I was like, you know, so you, so you just pay somebody to write a book for you and that's it. That's, that's, that was my thought of ghostwriting. It's still, it's still kind of, you know, to some degree, there's still people who, who have that, that understanding or misunderstanding of, of a ghostwriter. However, there are, there are people who do that. But generally speaking, most, most people who are ghostwriters, work intimately with, with someone who's writing a book, but, but the importance of having a book, it does solidify you as an expert. It does give you credibility. It, it's almost like, you know, we were told when we come out of of high school, we have to go get a bachelor's degree so that somebody can so so that somebody can see that we, that we made a four-year commitment to something and we stepped through it really is it, you know? And so I kind of look at that in an abstract kind of way, uh, with a book, it's it's a process to go through, but it really says I'm invested in my business so much that I want to to make it last and uh, and create something that that others can glean from as well. And I think also writing a book, the other side of writing a book is is it, it humanizes humanizes you as a business. It, it somebody can read a book. I think, you know, any of us who've read books, you know, and connect with like, Oh my gosh, I love this writer. You said, you know, like Stephen King, like from a fiction standpoint, you find, you find somebody who tells a really good story. You want to listen to their stories. Yeah. Um, and the same, same thing happens in the, biz- in the business world too. It's like, if you have, if you have a story that you can tell uniquely from your, from your angle, if you have, which has helped you position yourself in business, which most people go into business, in a, in a, in a field that they're passionate about anyway, it's something that's, that's personally relatable to them in some way or fashion. So if they can tie those two together, it really connect, makes that, that personal connection. So somebody can read a book and go, oh man, oh, I want to hire that coach, or I want to hire that consultant, or wow, they did this job. I want to do that. You know, so there's, it helps create its own little community, if you will, of, of, of impact and influence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're not kind of, you're, you putting yourself out there, building that trust with your audience. And then yeah. you know, if your audience, if your audience or your customers trust you, uh, then when you come in for the ask, uh, they're a lot more likely to say yes. And you know, that's, um, it's kind of the, the solopreneur type, uh, online business model, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for a lot of people it is. And it's, it's a good model to have. It it's, it's, I say as long as it's done authentically there are you know there's you know and and that's but the thing and you can read it. a book <laughs> right yes. yeah there's you can I'm at a point where I can read you know the first the first couple paragraphs of a book and know if it's if it's an authentically written book or
0: not yeah so. I think you know especially if it's you know military related in some way so, yeah Definitely. I've always said like every veteran's got a book inside of him they just don't, you know need to figure out how to get it out Yes, but the the arduous, monumental task of uh, somebody sitting down for that long term commitment of actually writing a book is just like almost invokes uh, PTSD to a certain extent. Thinking about it <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> for so many people, it,
1: it does. It it does, um, and that's one of the reasons why I got into ghostwriting because I enjoy that process, and I'm and I'm good at it. It's so helping someone write a book is is it a, is it, a, it it's It's therapeutic for me because then it, it, it just helps me get to know people even better. And then it helps, it helps other people kind of go, ah, I do have a book in me. And and a lot of times it's people know what they want to say. They just don't know how to put it or articulate it on, in words on paper.
0: Yeah. So what what are you, are you mostly writing books for people now? Are you still doing uh, some ghostwriting blogs and some other stuff?
1: I have a, I have a few, few clients that use ghostwriting blogs for. Um, I like those because they're, for me, it's, they're, it's easy work. Um, and it's, some of it's challenging in the sense of it, it, no matter who I work for or work with actually, um, there's, it always challenges me to, to, to write something fresh and relevant. Um, and so I, I, I always keep a few of those clients around because it, it it's one of those, it's like, it's like going to the gym every day. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things that just helps, helps keep me. Feeling, feeling. I say relevant is is a great word. Um, so I I do that, and um, that used to be my my complete thing. I got out of the copyright, the, more like that copywriting piece of it because I just hated social media. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's one of those necessary evils, like I call
0: it. Right. Yeah. Some you know, some people. Yeah, the whole social media thing. It's like it's so overwhelming. It's at this point, and. Yeah, how many how many times a day you find you find yourself sucked into scrolling? LinkedIn, Facebook, yeah. TikTok, whatever. It's like, oh my God, how much time have I blown? But man, they're so good at sucking you in.
1: <laughs> they are. I'm like, I get up in the morning and I look at my phone, I'm like, I'm not picking you up for at least an hour. And then five That's minutes tough, later, man. I'm like, wow,
0: this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. And then like Yeah. Forty five minutes goes by and you haven't gotten out of bed yet. <laughs>
1: Right it's like what, right, what is happening
0: here? jeez, what did we do before all that? So, I know yeah we
1: actually had we actually had we actually had conversations, I think
0: <laughs> yeah, I know you you start to see, the people that have essentially grown up with it you know they're they're just just off the nipple and they're on the phone, you know, and it's like we got young kids that have pretty much grown up with phones, and it's just amazing how. Yeah, I don't even want to go into how it drives <laughs> me nuts. You're in the airport, you're in the restaurant, and everyone thinks that you want to listen to some stupid video. They're, they're they're on speakerphone watching videos and stuff. It's like, dude, you know that stuff carries past your face, right? I mean, it's like that just dr- drives me nuts to how people just blast these silly videos they're watching all the time like there's nobody else around them. It's just Yep. That's that's how everyone is nowadays. They think that's just you know commonplace.
1: I know. That's 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 a, that's a podcast in and of itself. Oh, I
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> so how do how do we uh, how do we get more info on you as far as the executive ghostwriting, and uh, if somebody wants to look look you up and check out what you're doing?
1: Um, ton of different ways. I'm I'm across all the socials. And pretty much, if you just social socialize my name. Stephen Leafley, you'll find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. My my website's is uh, leeblyenterprises.com and um, and also you know if, if someone out there is interested like what I'd like to do is anybody who's listening to this podcast or watching this podcast is interested just DM me in, in any one of the socials. Um, if you go to my website you can you end up you can you can email me but just go to the socials is the easiest way and just put um, veterans on the move in the DM and I'll reach out and we and we can, we can chat and and connect.
0: Awesome. Great. All right. Well, Steve, we are getting close to our time. I want to give you the last word. Uh, If you're talking to somebody on their way out or they, they got out already and they're looking to want to run their own show, start their own business, you know, you're out there doing it full time at this point, you've made it to the top of the mountain, the entrepreneurial mountain full-time entrepreneur, not working for anybody else. What kind of advice comes to mind?
1: I love that question because it almost comes when I, I'm never prepared for it (laughs) and I know. Well, there's no wrong answer,
0: you know, that's why it's a great question. Very
1: true. That's very true. I, I think for me is, is find your tribe, find your community. Yeah. And, um, because that is no matter what business you're in or, you know, find that community that understands what you're doing and just ask, ask questions. And uh, the more questions you ask, the more inquisitive you are, the more people will help you. And the the quicker you will, you know, kind of bring yourself to a a sustainable point in business.
0: Awesome. Well, Steven, um, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story. Look forward to seeing your future success out there and uh, doing great things. So appreciate you being on the show and sharing your story. Appreciate you having me, Joe. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.